Space Radio. Roger, restart. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Three, two, one. It's now time for The Space Revolution with Rick Tomlinson. Greetings, spacers. Welcome to The Space Revolution. I'm your host, Rick Tomlinson, and we are on iRock Space Radio, part of the iHeart Radio Network. Uh, just so to, I, I want to clarify that. Uh, for I've been asked a couple of times about that. What does that mean? Well, iHeart is a massive uh huge entity that we are proud to be a part of. Uh, and you might think of us, uh, if you're a baseball person, we're kind of the farm team. Uh, we're working our way in there uh, and, uh, and working with them, but we are part of their enterprise and we get the benefit of, for example, their amazing audio engineers and uh, um, you know, their team uh, that help us professionalize what it is uh, that we're doing with the show. Um, Tonight, I or today, or whatever time it is on this little bubble we call the Earth that you're hearing this, um, I have a, a great guest and a, and a fantastic project. And a little tiny bit of background before I introduce my guest here. Back in the um, the 20th, at the end of the 20th, uh, a few friends of mine and I, we started to play around with a project of how do you um, sort of create the concept of us definitely expanding beyond the Earth. Um, in a committed way and tie that to sort of immortality and uh, um, getting people involved at a very basic level. And we, um, uh, the, the people involved were a gentleman named Steve Wolf um, and a writer named William Burroughs who wrote a book called This New Ocean, uh, which covered the Kennedy Space Program. And the idea for us was to write a bunch of text onto some little sheets and I may revisit this in another show, but little titanium sheets, and they're going to be in a 10 by 10 centimeter cube. Um, and you would uh, give us uh, uh, maybe you'd pay 50 bucks and you would give us your kids best picture from school. We'd etch it in and then the rest of the money would pay to have, I don't know, the works of John Lennon or Da Vinci etched in. And then this would all be shipped out. Um, now at that point, this idea of uh, DNA sampling and stuff didn't, wasn't really a thing. And so that was about as far as we got. We played with the project for a while. And as is usual, and you may hear, have heard from others on the show when we've been talking, um, I was too early. <laughs> but then there are people who show up just in time and do something that's even cooler. So our guest today is Ben Alderman. Uh, ben has uh, started a company called LifeShip. and uh, the idea of LifeShip is that they can take a piece of your DNA and put it into a package that carries it to the space station and the moon. So uh, obviously it got my attention. Uh, I love the idea inherently, and um, we're going to be talking about that. So, um, oh, and I should also mention, Ben isn't just some crazy guy like myself who's doing this kind of thing. Ben has a serious background. Uh, he's got a bachelor's in science from Penn State. He's got a master's degree from UC Berkeley um, of mechanical engineering, no less. Um, he was on the team of Planet. Uh, if you don't know Planet, you've been seeing some of their imagery in terms of the Ukraine, uh, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia and such. Um, they have uh, an amazing fleet of small Earth observing spacecraft there up in uh, orbit. Um, he's done several other things and uh but the, the one that i'm excited about is the one we're going to talk about now so ben hey rick welcome my friend how you doing bud i'm great 
Yeah. Glad Good to be to here. Good to see you. Hey, so, glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah. So look, um, Life Ship, I, I, we're just going to like, I know a little bit about it, but we're going to act as if I don't and we will talk um, like, okay, so tell us about Life Ship. Yeah. So the big vision is that we're creating seeds of earth to spread to the stars and spread life to the stars. Um, and then also including the story of humanity. So it is, it is like humanity's legacy project for the universe to continue life, to ripple life out across the galaxy. Um, and that could be, that could be seeds that could be panspermia that could be self-replicating machines that could be biobanks that go on interstellar missions and synthetic wombs that, that birth humans that, it kind of opens a whole broad range of how do we how do we spread life beyond our solar system, and what is the what is the way and what is what is the story that comes from humanity? What is the way that we do this? And um, and yeah, so it's also a philosophy and it's it's a it's a movement and it's about bringing the best of life out and and humanity outwards and um, and the way it came to me is is that the earth wants to reproduce and the earth, the earth is a, is a conscious entity that, that wants to bloom and spread its seeds. And so, so the earth grew humans and that's, that's a big reason why we're here is to help continue life in the universe. <laughs> um, so that all came, and we might get into it later, but that like that, the, that aha moment came in the rainforest in Central America when I had the vision of, of, Oh, that's why we're here. And, uh, and then I, I had built a couple hundred satellites at Planet Labs and I knew how to think agile and knew how to build, build spacecraft. And pretty much immediately it was like, oh, let's just start with little, little capsules that, uh, that have the DNA of, of humans, of all different species from Earth and, and the stories. And let's, let's start on the moon and, and start in low Earth orbit, but then take agile steps towards this longer vision. I love it. And as you know, my uh, nonprofit Earthlight, you and I have talked about this. Uh, we share that philosophy. You know, the core philosophy of Earthlight is the expansion of life beyond the Earth. Um, um, you're doing it in a uh, hopefully more profitable way than we are right now. That's, you know, because we're not for profit. But um, but I love it uh, conceptually. Now, let's, so that's the grand idea. All right. The idea is to take life and expand it beyond the Earth. But in your case, you're taking the DNA of humans um, and packaging them. So tell us about the, shall we say, the business approach of, of LifeShip. What, how does it work? How, how does it work? Um, well, well, let's talk about the, 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 the business side. Um, and then if we come, need to, we can come back and talk about the, the personal reaction. People. Yeah. So we started with a consumer product and, uh, you order a kit at lifeship.com for $99, their first product. And it, it comes in a small box and in it, uh, you get a mission patch, you get stickers, you get, you, you get, uh, like fold out pamphlets on the mission showing how, how it gets to the moon and talks about, uh, yeah, it gives you a feeling of, Oh, I'm part of life expanding beyond earth. And then, uh, and then you register, it comes with a saliva swab. So you, you, you do a swab of your cheek to provide your, your cells, um, which have your DNA in it. And then you register online and that experience is meant to get you to think about 
who am I and why am I here? And what is, what is the story I want to leave behind about myself? And what, what story would I tell the universe about who I am? Um, so it's meant to get you to reflect and put intention into it. And then you mail that back. We extract the DNA out, out of your sample. We, we preserve that in what we call synthetic amber, kind of like tree amber in Jurassic Park. It's a polymer. Um, and DNA can last, um, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands, even million years old. Um, I, th I think they've found DNA two million years old that they've um, that th that has been uh, sequenced and read. Um, so we preserve your DNA. Also, we preserve your 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 story and your answers, and then you can add photos as well. And all that goes in a small capsule and launches on top of a rocket on a either goes up to the. We've gone to the space station a couple times already. We're uh, we're on a few missions to the moon and then working on other missions as well. So, um, yeah, it goes up in this capsule and then included are is DNA from all different species from earth. And, um, it's meant to be both a backup of earth, but then, um, you know, the more inspirational thing is that it is the seed of earth as well. So both it's a mission to preserve a copy of all the species of earth today uh, and and a diverse population of humanity, um, but then also, okay, what are we bringing outwards as well? As as um, what are we taking with us to the stars? So you're you're buying this kit r roughly. I'm, I'm gathering there's probably a range of prices. So the roughly, how much is ninety nine dollars? Yeah, ninety nine dollars, and that that gets you your DNA embedded in some amber Correct. and sent to the moon, right? Um, and I'm gathering a part of that also then covers the cost of the DNA of an ostrich or uh, whatever it is, salamander, whatever else. Um, is that correct? Is it like you're blending them in? It, it, do, it does. We, we've, we've collected, I think we have 500 species right now. Wow. Um, and, you know, I want to have, there's, I think there's like one and a half million known species. So, um and we think there's 8 million species on earth is the, is the estimate. Um, mm -hmm. and so yes, part of the mission goes then to both getting this in space, but then preserving the, preserving the DNA of all the different species. Do you, uh, are you, are you partnering with like zoos or how, how do you get the, uh, the animal species, uh, volunteers or. So we've started more with plants. Okay. Partly because plants, we need for food more, more so, and you need, you need as the first species on a new world. Um, so we've done, I, I think like 200 different species that are the food supply of earth. Okay. Um, and then some of those are animals as well, uh, um, or the food supply of, of, of humanity. Um, and then plants from all different places around the world, but to answer your question, plants are easier to catch than animals. <laughs> so, uh, they were, they, they were easier to get, uh, initially. Um, but then as we go, we do, yes, that's the next step is, is building out relationships with either zoos or biobanks or, um, and part of what we want to do is a way to sponsor a species and, and you could be the forever sponsor of the elephants. And then you could pass on, um, perhaps that's a token you get saying that you're, you're the sponsor of the elephants and you can pass that on the future generations, almost like, Oh, I was the sponsor of the elephants on, on Noah's Ark. And, um, yeah. So as we go, we, we need to build those relationships out and do it in a way that 
benefits Earth today, because that's that's the core part of the mission as well is, OK, this is an out there billion year mission to other stars, but it's it's about doing net benefit and helping and, and preserving biodiversity here today. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, all puns intended, Noah missed the boat there. I mean, he could have like gone out and gotten like the Sumerians or somebody to sponsor different animals, and then he could have built a bigger boat, maybe. Interesting, interesting. No, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, just like you, Rick. He was too soon. Was too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I'm I'm the Moses of space. There we go. I have to grow my beard. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think there's, I, I, you know, I, I can see, um, you know, you and I chatted the other day and, um, you know, it does explode my brain, uh, all the different ways you can take this, all the different possibilities to, to grow what it is you're doing. Um, and I noticed on your website, I think it looked like you picked up a couple of influencers. You're getting, um, uh, getting out into the younger crowd. Is there a demographic that seems to be responding to this more than another, or is it just general? We, I think it's partially just on how we did our initial marketing push, but we, which was on Facebook. Um, and we tended to get more, uh, more people in the second half of their life or like 40 and over that are, that are space fans that have followed space for a while that, that like the mission just like they get in some way, either from some sci-fi they were excited about as a kid or watching rockets or always wanting to go to the moon. Um, and then there's a good chunk of people that come at it from more of a sentimental, like, Oh, I'm going to look up at the moon and we'll always think of each other. And uh, the, either, either a gift to do with your kids or, or with a partner. Um, so yeah, we haven't, it hasn't broken as much into like, uh, maybe I haven't done the right social media or whatever, but into like a young crowd, I guess, or like a 20 year old crowd as, as much. No. Um, and, and I, and I yeah, I get that. I mean, look, I mean, you know, it's either, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, get a blood transfusion from a 20 year old, or maybe I can make myself immortal by sending my, you know, DNA to the moon. So I, I'm totally with you. Well, look, um, we're going to uh, come back in and, and talk a little more about this and some of the broader implications of it. Um, but, uh, we're just going to step away, listen to a little music now. And, um, the listeners, um, my name is Rick Tomlinson. Uh, by the way, you can follow me at rocket Rick on the Twitter. Um, that'll be expanding soon. And, uh, you'll be able to track down, um, the shows by the way are on, uh, uh, we, we put them on radio first through iHeart. Um, and then you can listen to interviews with folks like Ben, um, on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, be looking for those. Um, and we're going to be right back in a minute with Ben Haldeman of life ship. Reading spacers, Rick Tomlinson, I rock space radio, part of the iHeart radio network. And our guest today is Ben Haldeman of life ship. So Ben, we were talking about the uh, sort of the how you do it and a little bit of your marketing on it um, in terms of you putting things in this artificial amber. Um, and, um, you know, I have a million questions, lots of conversation to have with you, but maybe we'll wait, you know, get your first lunar mission. We'll come back around and do it again at that point. But um, speaking of that, uh, are there any contracts or agreements that you can talk about that you've already signed? You had mentioned the space station. Um, how did that work? Or, or, you know, tell us the actual about the going out. 
Yeah, so we we signed a Space Act agreement with NASA. So we we got a partnership agreement with NASA, and that was for four space station missions. We've done two of those, um, and those both have launched on SpaceX rockets with astronauts on board. So Crew Four and Crew Five were the two SpaceX missions. So we sent a small capsule up on there, and then the the astronauts uh, moved on to the space station and got stored there for a while and then came back down on a future mission. Um, and then we are on, uh, we have one of our capsules on Firefly um, and their, their lander is Blue Ghost. And that's scheduled uh, for about a year from now. Um, and then we are through our partners at Arc Mission Foundation. We included DNA in Arc Mission's Lunar Library too. And that's, that's a, uh, uh, this this like golden record like this that is going up on Astrobotic and that launches on a ULA rocket, the ULA Vulcan rocket. And that's um, feels closer and closer. They, they had a, their static firing test just recently and, um, and, and yeah, that'll go up, up to the moon. And then we are working. I uh, can't, exactly announced it yet but it's pretty close to go on a mission that'll fly by an asteroid and eventually leave the solar system um and then also in talks with other deep space missions and uh, other missions going out there and and the model we want to have is that this is um it's not just a we, we want it to be participatory fun uh space exploration for for everyone where uh you join and then you you become a member and you launch on a different rocket every month or two and uh and you you collect you collect patches and certificates or whatever for for each of the places you go and um and you're on the cool different missions and um and even if they're in earth's orbit if you're on a a new space hotel or you're on a a a gas station in space or like an asteroid mining mission or uh, something or or something on a rover going to the moon. Then it's a way for people to follow the missions and actually have this visceral, real wow. I'm I'm part of this, not just like oh, there's interesting stuff going on in space. But it's it's meant to be a, a way for people to join this the 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 space movement and and be part of it and learn about it by being actually on the missions. And I uh, I've worked on about 300 satellites that have gone to space on probably 30 different rocket launches. And, you know, still when I watch a rocket launch and I know something that I worked on was, is on that it is, you know, rocket launches are super exciting and to watch it and just like have that feeling of, of like, Oh, there's a piece of me on it. Even if it's just like a, a tiny bit of my DNA, which, which actually could be one of the most like, significant payloads um, but whether it's something you touched or worked on or put your blood sweat and tears or just like just like your dna um it, you're connected to those missions in a new way and and so that's part of what we want to do is is oh there's these exciting missions and you're on them and you watch them and you follow space and you're you're part of the whole thing yeah i mean literally <laughs> because yeah. it's not like oh i'm part of it because uh, you know i supported it or or i touched it or something like that you are literally sending a part of yourself. Yeah, you're you're the payload. <laughs> you are the payload. Um, that's that's interesting. Now you say that these people could do different missions. Are are you divvying up their samples so that they get to use it again, or do they come back in and do it again? Um, and and 
like, are they being upsold or whatever so that yeah. they're doing the first one and then they get the next one for 30 and the next one for, or how does that yeah. work? Yeah. So right, right now we break it in a few samples. One goes to the space station, one goes to the moon. And then, uh, at least right now where, where we fly you for free, if it doesn't make it to the moon. So if it, if it crashes or misses the moon or <laughs> blows up, um, so we save a sample to, to have another shot at the moon with you. Um, and yeah, and and the, the, we still haven't figured out the long term um, how that'll work. Whether we whether we store a bigger sample of you and we break out a different one for each one uh, one you're on, or whether um, we yeah. may end up sending a new a new kit out to people that we're on early, and once we change our, our storage mechanisms. But right now, we're also not sequencing the DNA, and that might come at some point because. Um, for us, it's it's cheaper and easier not to sequence it because that 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 costs money, and there's more of a real visceral feeling when your actual molecules are are up on the moon rather than some digital code. But when we sequence it, and we can actually etch it into titanium or crystal or another material, and then that will literally last a, a billion years. And and so yeah. we want to do both at some point is have the actual DNA and the, and the sequence. So. Um, yeah, that'll be a next step is figuring out both how to, how to, how we digitize it, how we do a long-term archive, how we, how we bank it here in a secure way, um, and, and, um, do all that. Yeah. So in security terms, yeah, you kind of touched on it. I guess it kind of cuts both ways. The fact that as of right now, you're not sequencing them. In other words, you're not breaking down somebody's personal private DNA. You're just taking it as it is, putting it in amber and shipping it. So in a way you're avoiding some of the fears that people have about companies like 23andMe where, you know, you're sending your DNA and oh my God, they're, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it works in people's heads. Like somehow they're able to track me because now they have my DNA or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, in your case, uh, it's going to the moon. And at, at least until somebody takes enough interest in you, the particular customer to go to the moon and dig out your sample and then tear it up and track you there. Or I guess it'd be some future generation of yours. Nobody's really looking at you personally. The flip side, what you just mentioned is that there may be people who are interested in having that their, their DNA completely broken down and, um, and, and, you know, have the code. Um, so those are two different, sides of things so um but i i do like i think well have you run into a lot of resistance in terms of that privacy issue or is it 23 and me such a big deal now that it you know doesn't matter anymore so yeah 23 and me and a few others have paved the way and mm -hmm. and made it you know and then you, yeah made it normalized that we send it to swab and or send in a sample and learn something about ourselves or have have an experience really and um, and the two main market segments or, or use cases that have really caught on in DNA are, are one is your ancestry and where you've come from and the other is your health and, and learning about your, your health and medical. And, um, yeah, and part of the thought here is I think there's another one, which is like more, where are you going and, 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 um, continuing yourself into the future is a whole nother, uh, segment there. And, um, and, and yeah, 
us not sequencing it is a good first step. Um, but then in the longer run, what we want to do is we want to be the the most trusted thing you could do with your DNA besides disappear without a trace and um, and <laughs> never be seen from or heard of, heard of again is like we want to be the secure billion year record of you um, that that really takes that seriously and really um, empowers you to decide, OK, do you, would you want to come back in 100 years from now? What about a million years from now? Um, do you want your great, great grandkids to d- decide what happens to you? And, and really have that um, that ability for you to pass on your code to the future um, and yeah and decide what you want to be done with that I think it's I think it's brilliant I um probably not but if anybody from 23 and me or one of those companies is listening I think you should give Ben a call because I think this is the perfect platinum add-on <laughs> to 23 and me because it, it, you you nailed it exactly, Ben. Uh, Twenty three and Me is is about looking backward. Where did I come from? And uh, Life Ship is about where where am I going? You know, where are we going collectively? Um, and so I think it adds an, an entirely uh, different dimension to things. It takes us, it, it connects us to the future the same way that those gene mappers are connecting us to the past with with their products. So um, I love also the fact that it it adds, as you said earlier, the participatory aspect of things. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't really viscerally gotten that until you said it just now, um, that, you know, you're watching the spaceship and you're like, hey, a little piece of me is going up there. You know, I'm on there. Um, and I also say, I, I, I'm glad that you have some backups. You're keeping backup of the samples and, and things like that. Um, I, one of the pet peeves I have had with some of the folks that are doing commercial lunar missions and things like that. So they build one and then it crashes and they're done and they have to start all over again. Um, I'm all about like redundancy, 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 have two or three lined up. So that's a great way for you. You're taking care of your customers in that sense. And you're in there, you're, you're keeping their privacy and you're keeping a backup model in case that first one doesn't work. Hey, we're going to go again. We're going to go again. I, I think that's, that's amazing. Um, you said you came up with this in the Amazon uh, jungle. So it's just, you know, you just kind of threw that in there. Um, what were you doing in the Amazon jungle that led you to, to coming up with the idea? Yeah, I, I've done a number of trips down to the rainforest. I, I spent a few weeks in the Amazon. When that, when this actual vision and, and each of my trips have, have led to more insights around my purpose and where I'm going and who I am. And when I, when LifeShip came to me was in, the Guatemalan rainforest actually in Central America. And I was down there. Um, I worked with some shamans. I, I did plant medicines. Um, and, uh, and that, that wasn't all like, it was a whole like eco village. I was, I was staying a few weeks in, um, back in the forest. And, uh, and this one, one day I went on this long walk in the, in the forest by myself and, probably like an eight hour journey by myself in the rainforest. And um, I found this big grandmother tree that I sat and meditated under. And, um, and it was, it was just this, like the most beautiful tree I found in the forest, just like filled with all different life. And it was really like a grandmother tree of the forest. And, uh, and there were mushrooms around and big insects. And I, I meditated under it. And I, I just like saw the story of life, 
evolving on Earth and uh, and coming out of the ocean and onto the land and up into the air and down in the ground and and just really filling out every niche it could in the, in, in in on Earth and um, and that life wants to expand and the Earth wanted to grow beyond our our uh, our atmosphere and so the Earth grew humans. Um, and gave us all the food and the plants and the medicines and everything to raise our consciousness and uh, and and become the species we are and um, and that really one of our greatest purposes here is to continue life beyond the earth and to create the seeds and ripple life outwards and that we're uh, perhaps destined to be a galactic species or at least like life is destined to ripple out from earth and, and go on to whatever millions or however many new worlds at some point. And, um, yeah. And that's, that's why we're here. And, and through all that, it became like right at the end, it's like, Oh, and you're here to create these seeds, start making the seeds. <laughs> and, um, and like pretty instantly it was like, okay, I'll just start putting DNA in little capsules and put it in space. So that's a good first step. I, I, think it's, I think it's perfect. Um, again, you know, you, you, you know, my philosophy with Earthlight, we're 100% aligned. Um, I, but I, what I really love is, you know, I'm, I'm working on like, how do we get the first human communities to go out there and plant some trees on the moon and get some butterflies on Mars and all of this. And you're kind of like doing the shortcut. You're just like going for it. Like, I'm just going to grab some human DNA and we are going to put it out there. Right. And, um, you know, I, I love that. I love that because again, it, it's, it is a spiritual play. Um, it's a great branding play. Not a great, I think it's a fantastic branding idea. It's the kind of thing we need in the space field right now, and uh, uh, which is very positive and future looking. Maybe we'll come back and talk a little bit about some of that stuff. But we're going to take a little break here. You are listening to The Space Revolution. My name is Rick Tumlinson, IROC Space Radio, and we are part of the iHeart Radio Network. Our guest is Ben Haldeman with LiveShip. Take a little break. We will be right back. Greetings, spacers and humans of other sorts who are tuned in. You are listening to IROC Space Radio. This is the Space Revolution. Our guest is Ben Haldeman, founder of LiveShip. So, Ben, um, we were touching there on on sort of the your 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 story of you know sort of the mother world whispering to you. Um, and um, when you were out sitting under a tree in the Amazon, um, people have seen maybe my, my uh, Ted talk and other things I've talked about where I got the calling standing in a pasture at night in Texas, where it's the same calling, same mother world, same universe, different voices speaking to us in different ways. Um, but you know, th- it is happening now and um, we're starting to, to see this breakout just on the verge of occurring. Now, the challenge that we, we have, one of them, is, uh, and I'd written about this in space.com uh, a few years ago. Um, I called it uh, the Elysium effect. Um, and I was warning that you know, when the billionaires started flying, um, people were going to come after them with pitchforks, you know, because that, you know, you've got this great big billboard that says i am richer than you and i have an island a yacht you know billions and people working for me and all this stuff and and i'm going big and i'm going into space and screw you we're leaving 
Now, it doesn't help that one or two of the people doing that occasionally say things that are, shall we say, just a little bit pokey, um, you know, like nuke Mars, things like that, which you and I know what they're talking about when, you know, when Elon says nuke Mars, he's talking about melting the ice and creating an atmosphere and all that. But the people on the outside who are having things spun for them or just not thinking deeply or just catching the slogan without the meat, that seems like a very negative approach for humanity and, you know, to be leaving the earth. The other angle, of course, is, as I just said, they're leaving. And, you know, and it's like, screw this planet. We've wiped it out. We're going to the next one. Um, and there is a movement out there that, uh, that, that, that comes from that perspective. You are coming from essentially exactly the opposite perspective, which is, I can tell by the passion in your voice in the last section when you were talking about the tree that you found. I'm, I'm a tree, I'm an absolute tree hugger, um, you know, and um, the, this, this feeling you have, this connection to the earth, um, you're doing this in the name of earth. You're doing this in the name of Gaia, in the name of life, aren't you? Totally. Yeah. 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 I feel <laughs> that's why I'm here. That's, that's who we are. We're, we're part of earth. We're part of nature. And, uh, and yeah, I, I've, I'm, I totally, I, I spend a lot of time in nature. I've spent a lot of time with indigenous and ways of connecting with, with, with Gaia and with earth. And I live my life intentionally and, um, yeah. And I feel that this purpose has been given to me and each one of us has, has a purpose in the universe and a purpose here on earth. And, um, and that the more you, the more you clear out the noise and, and connect in the more, the more it becomes clear, what what you're here for. And this has really become, Oh, I'm, I'm here to, both preserve earth today and help earth today, but then also uh, continue life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To carry it out there, plant the seeds. Um, so you're, I'm, I'm curious, this is, I'm, I'm totally diverging. We're, we're going all over the place. As I told you when we were scheduling the interview, what we do here is a conversation. Um, as you know, in normal human conversations, they can start in point A and end up in point seven. You know, um, completely diverge but I, I am curious about um when you when you're packing these things into the uh, into the spacecraft yeah is it like just a little box that says is there something that gives it a, a code or something that if somebody were to find that would, would tell them what's in it we're working on it um the initial ones are small capsules about the size of a coin uh -huh. um and that coin can hold hundreds of thousands of people inside it mm -hmm. um, and many species because DNA is tiny and information is tiny. Uh, we are working on uh, adding other storage mechanisms into it. Uh, so, so with these, we also print information into DNA because DNA might be the, like the universal programming language that any, uh, any intelligent being that could find this could understand DNA. Um, and so we, we encode all the data information into DNA storage also. Um, and then we also, these first ones have a microchip on, on board where we include information as well, but we're also moving towards like etch, nano etching into 
titanium or, or other thin sheets of metal as well. And then also you can, um, there's a 5D crystal data storage as well, where you can etch into crystal and store huge amounts of data in that. So both of those metal disks and crystal can last billions of years. Um, DNA has arguments of why it's a great storage mechanism as well. So we'll, we'll likely use two of those, like DNA storage and then also uh, a digital storage into a metal or a crystal. And then uh, to, to your point also is we... Uh, we're partnered with two different groups and um, both are different part doing different parts of this, but um, one is interstellar foundation. And then one is our commission foundation. And, uh, and what we went on this is like, it's like a Rosetta stone. It's some, someone who didn't speak any of our languages or was non-human could find the thing. And it potentially starts with pictures or images that teach you how to decode it. And, uh, and understand the next level of of information density and uh, and teaches you how to decode the whole thing and and get all the information out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the exercise we went through when we were talking about our arc, which is different than the the current arc. And and by the way, we're going to have Mr. Uh, Spivak in, um, who founded the new one. And I found out when I spoke to him initially. Um, that he had never heard of what we did, and um, which is you know quite common. <laughs> but uh, um, the uh, uh, but the, the the feeling is exactly the same. And we were looking at, um, I think actually there's a book that was written long ago by name a guy named Gregory Benford, science fiction writer. Uh, it's called Deep Time, and it's it talks about how you communicate uh, with people in the future. Um, in ways that will work uh, positively and um, uh, you know, that are, that are clear and unambiguous. And um, um, you know, when you're talking, I can almost see on the, you know, you, you, there's an etch of a DNA spiral and then a, an etch of a human being next to each other, you know, and most intelligent creatures that get that far, you know, to be able to see that are going to be able to go, Oh, DNA, human, ah, here we go. Uh, you know, then you say, you know, Joe and Mary over here. Um, but whatever. Uh, so cool. Um, moving, moving along in this then. So you were telling me the first one on the moon will be 25, you think? Uh, no, it's, it's with, uh, it launches on the ULA Vulcan rocket, which oh, could, okay. could be any month now. <laughs> it passed its, its uh, static fire test and its arc mission. Uh, is the payload, and then it launches astrobotic as the moon lander. So, got it. We're hope, there's still there's still one risk or unknown that they have to buy down. There was a, a mishap in in like a a test article that didn't affect the actual rocket, but they want to get to the bottom of where this leak happened. Um, so it could delay it several more months, or it could be ready to launch in in the next month or so. And I think astrobotics doing sort of a little rover off of their platform um I, I forget if there's a rover on this first one or not yeah i don't i'm not i can't remember either but uh, but you'll be in like the base of it yeah in the, in the yeah. base of the yeah. vehicle we, right. we stay okay. on the lander it, it mm -hmm. stays on there and then the lander doesn't doesn't come home it's a it's a one-way trip it doesn't have fuel to come back right 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 yeah sounds cool sounds cool um 
where what are your plans moving forward then? So we talked kind of we bounced off a little bit of it, but uh, um, obviously, as I'm encouraging you to do, you, you need to scale. Um, um, and as I was telling, I was teasing you yesterday. We, you know, there, there needs to be like Mastercard, Platinum, or American Express, or somebody who works for one of those companies should call you up and say, "Hey, we want to offer this to to our people." Um, it, it's um, sometimes it's a thing we do in our field. We we focus on our field and people in our field. Um, when one of the things that excites me about what you're doing is that it's a story that anybody can understand. Who's who's they, you don't have to be a space nerd to get this right. Um, and you, you have to, there are a lot of dis- different other traits that'll get you there, uh, to be able to reach out and, and do this. And then they're hooked, you know, cause then what happens is what you're saying, right? Whatever it is that gets them there. Hey, my, my kid sent me this gift or I got this as a bonus because I signed up for, you know, American Express black card or whatever. Um, that's fine. They do it. And now what you've done is you brought them into caring about space, going back to your original point, which is now they, they have a part of it. They are a part of it. And that brings people in. And so I, I love, I love the thinking you have going on here. Um, what, what is, what is ahead for you guys right now after these launches? Yeah, it is. It is getting this out there more in a mainstream way. It's uh, it is something that, mm-hmm. You know, and and the vision is that this this is even beyond just like you said, beyond space people. It's yes, it's like the moon, and it's something you can look up and be like, oh, I'm part of that. And yes, it's like almost like you're you're part of the the great migration into space, and your genes are carrying on. Um, but um, yeah, but the bigger vision is that this is like becomes like the record of humanity, and uh, and it it becomes okay if if you want to be remembered as a human and part of the story of humanity, then, then you get added to the record. And it's not just about space. Space is like a, what it's like a, where we back it up and where we propagate it. But, you know, we also send it to future generations and preserve it here. And, um, and then part of the vision is we're, we're already starting to play with, uh, AI to interview you and, and tell your story and, uh, and, write like your biography and Whoa, then that okay. goes towards okay. AI to interview you and create your virtual avatar. And your avatar is like a representation of you and your consciousness. And we both then can propagate that out to space, but then um, preserve that in a secure way, uh, probably on the blockchain and lock it with your DNA. So then your great, great grandkids can come along and do a DNA test and then their DNA unlocks you and they actually get to talk to your avatar and you get to tell them your childhood stories. And um, and they 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 get to learn from you and learn about you. Um, so, yeah, part of this is also to pass you on to future generations here on Earth. So, uh, yeah. So you almost got there. You almost got where I was. And then you veered off of it very carefully, or maybe, you know, you just, you veered off of it. Where I went with this is you, you have your DNA. We get AI to a point where they can do this very fleshed out history of, of who you are and all your memories, which is kind of where it's going. Um, that all gets downloaded. Then uh, I like the idea that your, 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 your genetic grandchildren, great, great, greats or whatever 
prove who they are. Then they can take yourself. We're going to science fiction land here. Warning, warning. And they can then basically clone you. And then they can take this digital memory of your past and put it into the clone, which would have had, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe they could, they could grow it to a certain level, whatever, or it could be grown in a way that is, you know, it, it grows up as a normal child, but then it gets this injection of extra memory. Who knows? I mean, there's science fiction stories right there. We just, I think we just come up with two or three of them. Um, but they, this is kind of playing into the, uh, sort of the immortality thing, right? The, the legacy of me will be me, uh, being able to show up in a, in a, you know, and whole long, you know, let's do a bong hit and have a conversation, um, you know, conversations about all of this in, in terms of what would I really be me? Who am I really? But, um, I think those two arcs coming together, an AI developed version of you, a flesh and blood cloned version of you coming from your cell in the future, and you're off and running. Um, am I being crazy? Totally. That's yeah. Agile steps towards that is yeah. It's step steps towards that. Hold on. Am I being totally crazy or am I totally on no, the you're, mark? You're, you're totally <laughs> on the mark. It's 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 yeah. Okay. The big vision is how do we propagate you to the stars? And uh, mm -hmm. and that would involve mm -hmm. your consciousness, and that would involve your your genetic blueprint, and and so yeah, build, building out towards that long vision. I love it. I love it. I think that's really cool. All right, we're going to come back uh, uh, in just a minute or two, and we'll continue our fascinating conversation with Ben, uh, opening up a lot of different areas here. My name is Rick Tumlitz, and you're listening to IROC Space Radio, part of the iHeartRadio network. We are with Ben Haldeman, the founder of LifeShip, and we will be right back. All right, Spacers, we are back. Or at least an incredible facsimile of us created from our genetic material and our uploaded AI intelligence and memories merged together, creating somebody that looks exactly like us is back. That's the possibility that Ben Haldeman is talking about here with LifeShip. Um, so, Ben, um, I'm totally digging this. And again, um, it, it's always fun in our field. And, and I think one of the great honors of the field that we are in, you and I and those of us who work in this field, is we don't just get to be adjacent to science fiction. We don't we're not just like around science fiction and um, the stuff that other people are like watching on Netflix and Paramount plus when they're watching Star Trek and stuff like that, we're freaking doing it. You're doing it, right? You're, you're doing science. I think there's a t-shirt there. I do science fiction, right? Science fiction is me um, because you're making it happen here. And, you know, it, it's gotta be exciting for you. Did you, did you ever think you were going to end up in this sort of world when you were a kid? Was this something you aspired to? I liked space. I played with space Legos a bit. So I, I, I dreamed a, a bit about space, but yeah, I, I, I did not think I'd be this far out <laughs> or thinking about floating humans and putting their consciousness back into a one new worlds or, um, yeah. And, and in right. some ways, like even like even a little bit ago, like a year or two ago, I was, I was, um, I was more focused on the immediate 
like a DNA seed bank on the moon and this, but the nature of discovering what, and I feel, I feel I'm not making up this company. I feel like I'm like uncovering what the thing is and what life ship is meant Mm. to be. And in the process of uncovering that vision and learning what I'm, I'm here creating and learning what this entity is meant to be and, and what it is, it's like my mind has to go all the way out there to like, Oh, what could this be in the far future? Because that, that, uh, yeah, that, that affects the vision and the purpose and why we're doing it. And um, even though that's like a hundred steps down the road, it's, it's kind of got to like, I, I got to know the North stars and where we're, a- where we're aiming. And that builds the authentic real vision of, of what this thing is. No, and I get you. And I, and I, I like the fact that you're um, acknowledging the process of creation that's coming from the way you started this company. You know, I could say, Hey, um, people need a pen, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to make a pen. Right. And um, the pen's going to write and that's cool. And I'm going to supply a need because we have a pen shortage in, in, um, in America today or on the earth. And that's, I'm going to supply that. And that's great. Now I'm going to make a ton of money and buy a bunch of Teslas and, you know, whatever. Um, that's great. What you're doing, though, is you're starting with a philosophy, right? Um, which would be like if I was doing a pen and I came with a philosophy like, I need to help people communicate. And I'm going to start with a pen, but then it's going to grow into all these other means of communication, which is a very different approach than fulfilling a market need. What you're fulfilling is your own spiritual need, your own spiritual creation, as it were. Um, to make something that applies to this bigger question, this bigger topic, this bigger calling. Um, and so having this conversation with you and hearing what you're saying tells me, too, that um, what, you're, what you just said is exactly true. You're looking at making a contribution and, and doing something grand. Um, but you're starting with this, like, viable step. And um, in a sense, this gets into a question um, – um, that I like to ask my guests. And that is, um, you know, if you're talking to somebody out there who's listening, um, who has the thought of getting engaged and opening the frontiers, we call it, um, and becoming part of the frontier movement, uh, the expansion of life and humanity into the uh, universe, what would you tell? What would you tell a person, kid, middle-aged, somebody who's just retired, whatever it is, who wants to get involved in this? What should they do? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I, I'd say, I'd say just like, just keep following your curiosity and, and it might, Mm. it might not, it might not make sense right away. Um, it, it might not, it might be like when I started this, yes, I had that vision, but then my mind would keep going to what, what the heck am I doing? I'm sending people spit to the moon. Like this is, can I, can I do this? Does it, does it make sense? But like, I kept having this deeper trust that, um, okay, there is a much bigger thing to come with this. There, there, there is a, there is a bigger, uh, a bigger, bigger movement. There's a bigger philosophy. There's a bigger purpose. There's, there is like, (laughs) you know, as much as I, 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 I'd hear, hear people like some people would say to me, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And then like some people would be like, this is the biggest vision I've ever heard of. This is like, this is, this, this Mm -hmm. could be the the biggest thing in the universe. (laughs) Um, 
And it, yeah, so I, I think it's like, it's coming to a core trust in, in your path and that everything that is happening for you and that, that your whole life is, is unfolding as it's supposed to. And, uh, and to, to keep following those curiosities that are popping, popping up and, um, and, and it, it might not come in the, like, in the way you expect it. Like, uh, it, it might not, you know, I was thinking, oh, am I going to be building biospheres or big things on, on the moon as my next thing? And then it was like, no, you're sending little, little things with, with people spit inside. Them. <laughs> and, um, but, but yeah, it, it, it also, and I think that's another core thing that I've really learned over time is to really, really get down to MVPs and what your first product is and what, what like the minimum contribution is, because, you know, as you get more into that, that, that can often do a lot more than you expected when, if, if you set this initial standard, like, Oh, if we were going to back up life or, or do it, then you jumped right to that point. Um, then you might end up with giant cryogenic frozen freezers in places. And, um, and, and yeah, in, my path has come to more, okay, what is the minimum thing we could do? And then as I've followed down that path, then it's, it's become more and more, oh, this is actually more meaningful than I initially thought. Um, yeah, following creativity and, and curiosity. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> and curiosity. It's, it's funny, the, um, you know, we're having all this AI stuff going on, and I was uh, joking with somebody that... Um, and, and this, 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 there's two, there's a flip side to the manifestation of this, but, um, I thought it was kind of funny. I, I you know, I live in Texas and, uh, uh, now, and, um, the, the flip side of, of, of that is, you know, um, with AI that, you know, the one thing an AI will never do is say, here, hold my beer, watch this. Right. Um, that, but that's also flipping that around to what you're talking about is, um, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, what would happen if I, how about we try this and see what happens, you know, based on curiosity and passion. Um, and that I think is a big differentiator. Um, and I, I think you're, you're spot on on this. I, I think you are a living demonstration of, of somebody who um, you've come through the field, you worked in the field, you've picked up uh, knowledge doing your thing. And then this, you had this vision, this calling. Another term I like to use, you, you had the call from the universe that says come. And then you carved out this little niche, but it's not a niche. It's, it's almost like you're planting a seed in this thing and it's going to grow into something that maybe you didn't think of all the permutations when you started, but you started, right? You started. Yeah. It's, I, cool. I, I still feel like I only have a glimpse of what this thing is and that, and, and, mm -hmm. and I have a big glimpse and know that it can be really big and know that there's all sorts of stuff that can unfold out of it within DNA and who we are and AI and um, how life spreads. And, and really there's, there's, there's a lot that flows out of it. And I still feel like I only have a glimpse of the thing. Cool. Well, normally I would ask you different questions about your favorite music and all of this, but you and I chatted about that and you, you felt like extremely uncomfortable in this area. So, um, but I'm going to let you pass. I'm going to let you pass because we could do it. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I, I'm going to let you pass on that one because 
you won me when you sat down and said you basically spoke to a tree. Okay, uh, that that's kind of like supersedes anything else, right? You you spoke to the mother world, you spoke to a tree, um, or the tree spoke to you, um, and I think that that that's a beautiful moment right there for me. Uh, it kind of touched me uh, when I heard that from you. And so, what we're going to do is we'll we'll skip past that that part of it. Um, and you, you know, you're kind of already giving your advice. You're basically telling people like you know, go for it. Um, is there any other message you want to leave us with in, in terms of Ben? Ben. What do you want to say, Ben? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me about the cause. Tell me about what you see coming or what what we should be doing, those of us who are listening. And I come back to connection with nature, trust in that, that we're part of nature and that the earth knows what it's doing and uh, and that we're part of this whole grand story. And then um, the more I focus on living my best authentic life and, and doing what makes me happy and doing what makes me, um, gives me the purpose and the drive and, the, and the, to keep pouring myself into it. And whether that's incredible time with my, my eight-year-old daughter or like, um, yeah, or climbing mountains or, or going to the rainforest or dancing at Burning Man in the desert. Like these, these things like expand me and, um, and the more you work on your own personal expansion and evolution, the more that it feels like the the universe lines up and it, it happens in flow and, and the, the, People come into your life at the right times. The things happen at the right times. And, um, and yeah, I feel increasingly like I'm not the one making the decisions or, or pushing this path forward that it, it is unfolding for me and, and it, it's in flow and, and that it is just happening. And, um, and yeah, the more I've, I've worked on myself and worked on my path and, uh, and, and, come to the core of my essence and my happiness. And um, uh, the, the more it just feels like everything flows out of that. Perfect. Perfect. I, I don't know why I'm in t-shirt mode here, but I, I just picked up another t-shirt while you were talking and it's, it's the earth and it just says, expand me. Um, expand me. I love it. Ben Haldeman, Life Ship. Go order your kits right now. Tell them that you heard it on IROC Space Radio. Um, fantastic, Ben. I know we're going to be working together. Uh, we've had some conversations about that. And uh, um, yeah, very exciting stuff, man. And I just think that um, follow your vision, grow your vision, um, and then send your vision uh, to the moon. All right. We are out the airlock. listening to the Space Revolution Podcast with Rick Tumlinson, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.